Please turn to Luke uh, chapter 5, uh, Luke chapter 5. Uh, we continue our study through Luke's gospel. Uh, we'll probably be, uh, in the next two Sundays, uh, out of Luke's gospel, uh, looking for something for Psalm, uh, for Palm Sunday, as well as uh, for Easter. I'll be praying that the Lord would uh, give me a message uh, for the church this coming uh, Easter season. Um, while you guys are turning there, I'm going to read the passage and pray, but I didn't want to let you, let you guys know that just be, be in special prayer uh, for B. Green. Uh, she just needs to continue to get back on, on track for her radiation treatments. She had a little setback this week, uh, as well as for Fred Hope. Fred and, is back home, um, but just having a little slower recovery than he had hoped. Uh, so just pray that God would be gracious in both of them um, uh, in your prayers. Well, Luke chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 12. Uh, through 32. While Jesus was, was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of the people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles in the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, Take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power in your word. God, we thank you that your word portrays and proclaims that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the true Lord, the bread of heaven. God, I pray that we will um, 
Feed on your word today. God, I pray for the hearts of your people that that we will receive it with gladness and with great joy. God, we pray for those who are sick among us. We pray specifically for Fred Hope. God, we thank you for a successful surgery. God, we pray that you will just heal him, Lord. Uh, God, we pray that you will restore his heart to normal functioning. God, bring him back so he can um, fellowship with us. We pray for strength for Ethel. God, give her the ability and the words to comfort her husband. God, we thank you for B. Green and how you have sustained her thus far. God, we pray that you will uh, be kind and merciful to her, help her get back on track with her radiation treatments. God, give Tommy words of grace to speak the truth into his wife's life. God, we, um, we love you so much, Lord. Uh, we thank you so much for the privilege of gathering here at this time. God, we pray specifically for uh, your gospel proclamation in this city. God, we pray that you embolden and strengthen pastors to preach your word. God, help their preaching be effective to your people. God, we pray for our nation. God, we we specifically pray for our teachers. God, teachers hold such a valuable um, position in the lives of our young people. God, I pray that you raise up more and more godly teachers who love you, who, who want to know you, who want to declare your grace and your truth to this next generation. Father, bless the teachers in our own congregation. God, fill them as these days are getting longer and the kids are struggling, God, with attention. God, we pray that you give them grace uh, to finish this year strongly. And God, we, um, we ask for our own hearts again. God, we pray. I pray, God, you send your spirit. Send your spirit that your people may hear your word. God, send your spirit. Father, let your spirit speak through me. God, let, not, let me not try to prove anything, but God, let me just humbly submit to your word. God, let me stand behind it. God, we ask that your grace will just fill this place. Send your spirit, we pray. Uh, we ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A young teenager uh, was abducted from his family and thrown into a slave ship. He was in bondage for six years, and he finally escaped and was able to return to his family. Now, instead of becoming angry and bitter at his captive situation, this young man came to know Jesus Christ. Through his sufferings and trials, he became aware of his sin and his need for a Savior. He was a sinner that was called by God and trusted in Jesus Christ as his Savior for the forgiveness of his sins. This young man is known for writing this poem called The Breastplate. Christ be within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ inquired, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. This man was named Patrick, and he would bring this Christ who was before him to the lost of a broken people in a little island called Ireland. That was funny. Before Patrick became St. Patrick, he was a sinner that was called by God to his service. So this St. Patrick's Day, we're going to study from Luke's Gospel how the Lord calls sinners to himself. Uh, So first, truth Jesus is willing to make sinners clean. 
Jesus is willing to make sinners clean. If you want to follow along on the, uh, the outline provided for you, that first point, the Lord is willing to make you clean. The Lord is willing to make you clean. So Luke starts by pointing out a particular story of a man who was full of leprosy. Now, as I mentioned before, leprosy was a disease of the skin. A disease made lepers ceremonially unclean, which caused them to be excluded from Jewish worship. They would not be welcome in a gathering like this one. They were social outcasts. Leprosy was contagious, so they were not able to touch or have contact with another. Now, can you imagine that they weren't able to get an embrace of a hug of a family and friends? If anyone touched them, they would be considered unclean. It was a disease that affected one's entire life, physically, socially, and religiously. So understand when we read this passage, there's a little more oomph emotionally to it. Sometimes we read the the Bible like it's just a book. This is God's Word telling true stories that happen to real people. So look what it says in verse 12. When Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. There's an emotion there when he's pleading for Jesus to heal him. This man was desperate. He was an outcast from the the people of God. But when he saw Jesus, something changed. See, seeing Jesus changes everything. This man was not presumptive. He did not demand that Jesus heal him. He was humble and poor in spirit. Verse 13, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Now remember what I said, the law said in Leviticus that if anyone touched someone who was unclean, they themselves would be called unclean. But I think by by Jesus' touch, he's trying to communicate something to us. He's trying to communicate his compassion, his deep care for this leper. Can you imagine having no physical contact and then someone reaching out and grabbing your hand and say, I am willing, be clean. I think it's a great picture of, of the cross, the cross of our Lord. This man was unclean. The only way for this to be reversed was for another to become unclean on his behalf. This is what happened to Jesus on the cross, isn't it? He willfully became unclean. He willfully became our sin so we could be healed. By His wounds, we are healed. Then Jesus charged him to tell no one, but go show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded for proof to them. See, Jesus wanted the man to follow the law first. He was to go to the, to go to the priest, and they were to declare him unclean before word would spread. Now, I, I don't think Jesus was trying to say that you can't tell anybody that you're unclean. I think if you were living in the leper community, and then all of a sudden you were at worship the next week, people would probably ask why. They'd look at your skin, and they would see something uh, different. But word spread. We see in verse 15 where it says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, 
So the crowds of the people came to hear him and be healed of their sickness. Now here's what I love about Jesus. He had an opportunity here to capitalize on his fame. I mean, he could have made a, a TV, signed a deal for a, a made-for-TV movie or a new book deal to claim his 15 minutes of fame. But instead of letting everyone know about him, he, he withdrew from the scene. He didn't fan his popularity, but he went to desolate places to pray. I wish we had more people like that in our world, don't you? Instead of capturing the fame, they withdrew because they, they the most important thing for, for Jesus was the opinion of God, not the opinion of man. That is backwards in our day, isn't it? If someone gets a little bit of popularity, they need to sign a, a movie deal. Uh, they need to, to start a blog or write a book. Not so with our Lord. He retreated to the presence of his Father. Do you ever think that God doesn't want you? You know, I've talked with a lot of teenagers uh, in my adult life who've been abandoned by their parents. Uh, Kelly, for example, uh, had awful parents. They were absent, and when they were there, they were abusive. They chose drugs, alcohol, and relationships with others over her. They would say things to her like, you're not going to amount to anything. You are nothing. You are a loser. Kelly responded by making horrible decisions for herself with school and boys. She was filled with anger and rage. After a life full of neglect, abuse, anger, Kelly felt unwanted. She felt unloved. She was desperate like a leper, an outcast from a normal life. only to a life of loneliness and pain. Have you ever felt like Kelly? Unwanted? Unloved? Unclean? See, but Kelly wasn't unwanted. She was wanted by God. Kelly wasn't unloved. She was loved by God. But she is unclean. But Jesus is willing to make her clean. He is willing to reach out and touch her. All she has to do is look to Jesus, and she would be healed. Jesus died and rose again for her. See, but not only is Jesus willing to make her clean, he is able. Second truth for this morning, the Lord is able to forgive your sins. The Lord is able to forgive your sins. See, it's not enough to be willing. Willingness goes a long way, but it does not go far enough. I am very willing to dunk a basketball. If you give me a basketball, I am willing to leap through the air and throw it down. But I am not able to. (laughs) I don't have those kind of hops. Willingness is important, but it's not enough. See, But our Lord is both willing and able. Look what verse 17 starts with. One day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. So Jesus started getting popularity. So the religious elite, 
the, the scribes and the Pharisees came from Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem to come and listen to this Jesus. Now, let's just be honest. They probably did not come to find out if Jesus was the real deal. They came with the Spirit to find out and to prove that he was not. Do you, ever, you, ever, you have people like that in your life uh, who, who don't look for the best in you? They just look for, for reasons to find what's wrong with you or what you are doing? Verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees of the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Now Jesus said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. That's what we call a bold statement. Forgiving someone's sins against God? Jesus' reputation was on the line here. These people, the scholars of the day, were watching this Jesus, and he's made a statement that he could forgive sins. So it's natural for these people to say, is is that right? He's speaking blasphemy. Only God alone can forgive sins. Well, we know they're half right, don't we? God alone only can forgive sins. And that's the whole point of the scene. Jesus was revealing himself to the crowd. But the religious people, now hear me, beloved, because guess what? We're religious people. So when the Pharisees are mentioned, we should take note and make sure we judge our spirit. Are we like them or not? Jesus Christ can forgive sins. Verse 22. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Get up your Get up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He he, he wanted them to know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. He gives himself the title of Son of Man, which is a reference to... uh, the messianic figure in the book of Daniel. Jesus did not make an empty claim. Not only was he willing, he is able. He has authority on earth to forgive our sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. And we see immediately, the same word that was used in the leprosy, immediately he stood up in front of them took what he's been lying on, and went home praising God. Man, what a beautiful scene. I would have loved to have been there. And they were all filled with awe, and they said, we have seen remarkable things today. Now, what was more remarkable? A paralyzed man getting up and walking home, or that this man's sins were forgiven? The most remarkable thing that happened in this story is that the sinner was forgiven by God, by the Messiah, the one who was to come. 
The miracle of his healing was only to demonstrate that Jesus Christ has authority to forgive sins on earth. Now, Christopher Reeve was known, as many of us, as Superman. He became paralyzed on May 27, 1995, after being thrown from a horse during a competition. His paralysis was permanent. He always believed and insisted that one day he would walk again. But he never would. He wanted something that only God could give. See, only God could make Christopher Reeve walk again. See, but here's the thing. Jesus was willing and able to make Christopher Reeve walk. But Christopher Reeve never looked to Jesus. Towards the end of his life, Reeve did join a, a Unitarian church. He asked why by Reader's Digest in an interview. And this is what he said. Now hear this because I think this is what our culture thinks. I join because it gives me a good moral compass. I often refer to Abe Lincoln who said, when I do good, I feel good. When I do bad, I feel bad. And that is my religion. I think we all have a little voice inside of us that guides us. It may be God, I don't know. But I think that we shut out all the noise and clutter from our lives and listen to that voice. It will tell us the right thing to do. The Unitarians believe that God is good and believes that God believes that man is good inherently. The Unitarian God is not a God of vengeance, and that is something I can appreciate. See, Reeve, like most Americans, believe that man is basically good at its core. Humans are not good. We're not perfect, but as they say, God is not vengeful. vengeful which basically means that God would never punish anybody in hell. See, the problem is that man is not good. Reeves, like all humans, are sinners in need of forgiveness. See, God is not vengeful in the way Reeves portrays him, but he is just, and a just God must punish sin. Jesus Christ was willing and able to make Christopher Reeves walk. He was, he was able and willing to give Reeves a new body, a glorified, resurrected body. See, Jesus was willing to able to allow Reeves to run and explore on the new heavens and the new earth. All he had to do was look to Jesus. But he never looked. So although... Jesus was willing and able. Reeves never walked again. But beloved, hear this. When you trust in Jesus, your paralysis will be reversed. You will walk in the presence of the King. My beloved brother David Williams, you will walk in the presence of of the king because he trusts in Jesus and Jesus said he will take his lowly body and transform it to be like his glorious body walking and exploring the new heavens and the new earth look to Jesus beloved look to Jesus see Reeves was physically paralyzed but we are all spiritually paralyzed without Jesus Christ Ephesians 2 1 and following as for you You were dead in your transgressions and sins 
in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit which is now at work in those who disobedience. All, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the desires of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Now that paints a very different picture than everyone being basically good. But the conversation changes with two glorious words. But God, verse 4 in Ephesians chapter 2, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. We were all dead, spiritually paralyzed, unable to move towards God, but God came down to us. He, being rich in mercy, gave his one and only Son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We can live because Jesus Christ has risen. He promised forgiveness and resurrection to all who turn to him in faith. Have you been forgiven? God is willing and able to forgive your sins. All you have to do is turn from your sin and look to Him. Look to the Lord Jesus, your Savior and Lord. You can be clean today. You can be forgiven today. For Jesus is calling you, third point, to repentance. The Lord is calling sinners to repentance. After this, Jesus, verse 27, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Verse 31. I'm sorry, verse 30. Why do you eat with Eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners, the Pharisees asked. Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus' ministry was not to the healthy, but to the sick. He was not here to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And that's good news, because we're all sinners the last time I checked. He came not to call those who are inherently good, but those who are wicked and evil in their hearts. We should not be afraid to call ourselves sinful, beloved, because Jesus came to call sinners. We try so hard to make ourselves look better than we are when when God only wants us to admit our sin and turn to Him. Both for the the non-believer and the believer, He came to call you to Himself. Richard Grimes shares this story. A Native American and a white man were deeply moved by the same sermon. That very night, the Native American received Jesus as his Savior. But for days, the white man refused to accept Christ. At last, he too repented and enjoyed the sweet peace of having his sins forgiven. Later, he asked his Native American friend, Why did it it take me so long while you responded right away? My brother, he replied, I can best explain it by this little story. At one time, a rich prince wished to give each of us a new coat. 
You shook your head and replied, I don't think so. Mine looks good enough. When he made the same offer to me, I looked at my old blanket and said, this, good, this is good for nothing, and gratefully accepted the beautiful garment. You wouldn't give up your own righteousness. But knowing I had no goodness of my own, I immediately received the Lord Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Dear friend, give up your own righteousness. Give up the illusion that you are good enough. You're not. Turn to Christ and have your sins forgiven. But fourthly, not only is he calling you to repentance, he's calling you to his mission. The Lord is calling sinners on mission. Jesus has not just called us to save us. He's called us so that we may work for his glory on mission. See, seeing Jesus changes everything, changes every aspect of our life. Once you see Jesus, you want to tell others about him. Look at at verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. This man was paralyzed. He could not walk. He could not get to Jesus. But his friends believed that the Spirit of the Lord was on Jesus to heal. So they picked him up and they did whatever they could to lay him at the feet of Jesus. These friends were determined for their friend to see Jesus. Even when they they got there and they could not get through the crowd, they climbed the roof and lowered him from a hole they made in the ceiling. And Jesus said in verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, the faith of his friends, he looked at the man and said, friend, your sins are forgiven. This man was healed and forgiven because of the faith of his friends. Do you have the faith of these men? Do you have friends or family in your life that are spiritually paralyzed? Those who are unable to walk to Jesus. Beloved, we must carry our friends to the feet of Jesus in prayer. Like the persistent widow who kept on crying out for justice day and night. We must cry out to God day and night that he would save our family and friends. And and maybe, like these men, God would see our faith and save the people we care about. Are you on mission for King Jesus? Are you a soldier in his army? We look at verse 27. After seeing this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Now here's what I love. I love that that Levi got up, immediately left everything, and followed Jesus. But look what he did next in verse 29. Then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. The first thing that Levi did after he followed Jesus was he had a party for all his friends. you got to meet Jesus. Everybody's got to come to my house tonight. You have to meet Jesus. That's what we want. We want that kind of faith. That we believe that seeing Jesus changes everything. So we can't wait to introduce Jesus to our neighbors, to our friends, and to our families. 
One of my greatest fears as your pastor is that our church will not have the faith of those men carrying their paralyzed friends to Jesus, will not have the faith of Levi seeing Jesus changing everything in his life, but we will have the heart like the Pharisees. My fear is that we'll be more like them than we will like the men who put their friend on their backs to carry him to the Lord. What do they, they, what do they say? They complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? I've told you once, I'll say it again, complaining diverts the mission. God has given us a mission to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And when we start complaining, we we move off the mission to deal with complaints. Now, there's some things we have to deal with and we have to change. But the spirit of the Pharisees was not to to do things better, was not to, to bring more glory to God. The spirit there was against the Lord. Beloved, I, I pray, I pray that that will not be, be filtered into this church because we want to be on mission for the Lord Jesus. So let me just ask you a simple question. Which best describes you this morning? Are you like Levi and the faithful men carrying their friend to Jesus? Or are you like the Pharisees who start complaining when sinners are hanging around? But by God's grace... St. Patrick was the former. Uh, One night, after he returned from being captive in slavery, he had a dream of a man carrying letters from Ireland. Uh, He opened one of the letters and said the voice of the Irish, and it said this, Holy boy, please return to us. We need you. Now There was this great struggle in his soul. He didn't want to go back. They were not well, they did not treat him well, they were his enemies. How could he return to help those who enslaved him? He knew that God calls sinners on mission. So he boarded a small ship, armed with the good news of Jesus Christ, and turned Ireland ablaze with the gospel. You may not have known this, but when he left for Ireland, he was 48 years old, past the life expectancy of someone his age. He was well into retirement, and he served for 29 years in Ireland, someone who should have been dead long before, and baptized 120,000 Irishmen for the glory of God and started 300 churches. There's a lot of things we can do to honor St. Patrick. I'm wearing green. Um, But this St. Patrick's Day, beloved, let us honor his life by joining him on mission. Jesus calls sinners. He calls sinners because he is willing and able to forgive sins. He calls us to mission. Let us join him. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I pray for the church here. I pray that you will give us the heart of St. Patrick, that we, that we are called uh, for mission, that you called... Um, him to yourself. Father, I pray for those here who do not know you, God, that they will just, they will hear the words that you are willing, and that you are able to make them clean and forgive their sins. 
We pray this in the name of our great Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.